2: Thank you for putting up with us this entire time as we try to get our, our studio and our stuff all situated. And um, and you've been great to us, and we really appreciate that. So if you uh, have a time that uh, you'd like to give us a call, now's the time, 602-508-0960. 602 508 I'm going to take Glenn because he waited over the... Uh, of the break and i'm going to take him real quick before we get to some business glenn good morning to you how can i help you
1: good morning mark thank you um i'm a semi-regular listener i really enjoy your stuff
2: thank you very much uh
1: quick question regarding i'm a toyota tundra first time owner of a toyota and uh, first vehicle i own i i i'm afraid to work on and my question is um whether to take it to a dealer uh with confidence or uh somebody not a dealer
2: what year Toyota is it? It's an
1: '08. Okay.
2: Time. Well, that—that's uh, really not an old one, not in our book, not in our world. Um, no. I, I think I think you'd be. Uh, I I think we're every bit as good and every bit as capable of pulling that off as anybody else is. Um, I don't. I'm am I'm a. I'm. I'm a little. Uh, I'm a little hesitant on a car that's one or two and even maybe three years old with a diagnostic problem because the scanners and the technology changes on a regular basis. But on your 0- 08, um, I would, uh, if you were my next-door neighbor and I liked you and you had an 08, I would send you to an independent shop. What part of town are you from?
1: North Phoenix. Uh,
2: give me some better west of... I oh, said, say, uh, the,
1: say the 51 and the 101.
2: Okay, well, I've got Kelly Clark there on 40th Street in Bell. I'm acquainted. Yeah, um, I would think Mitchell there would certainly have a, no problem in diagnosing your '08 Tundra. Do you know what? What are the? What is the situation with respect to the car?
1: No, actually, uh, I I take it in for oil changes. The thing's as reliable as can be, 100,000 miles. Uh, it did do a water pump uh, around 50, 60,000 miles.
2: Okay, and otherwise it starts and runs good. Yeah. Okay, so, so what is there a problem that they need to chase, or are you just want a good general check over on it, or you want it serviced? What are you looking for?
1: Well, to be honest, uh, I don't like the attitude of the of the uh, service writers. When I take it to the dealer, the, the service seems to be fine.
2: Okay, um, I think in defense of of them, can I defend them too?
3: Absolutely. Uh,
2: all right right now our industry is not doing very well the cars of today are so much better and their service intervals are so much longer than ever before so in our industry from from really from all the way to people from um, the repair shop industry um, from uh, from the chain stores to the mom and pop outfits to the dealerships. I don't care where you're coming from. There's complaints about those shops and the shops have everything to do with every time I take it in, I'm told I need a, a bunch of other stuff. I saw a list the other day that had a transmission flush. It had a, uh, fuel injection flush. Uh, it had an engine flush. um, What flush am I? A brake fluid flush. Power steering. Power steering flush. And Mm -hmm. this car had 80,000 miles on it, and half of those didn't even appear in the owner's manual. So Mm. that's kind of troubling to me. Now, it is true that the power steering, if the fluid comes out, or if you take your turkey baster and you pull some fluid out of the reservoir, that the, the, that the fluid has got flecks of, flex of metal in it, or if the fluid clearly doesn't look like the rosy red wine kind of color of power steering that you would normally put in it, then there's, there's a problem. And brake fluids the same way we now have technology in addition to the the, the kits I bought for under ten dollars. there's technology out there called refractors where you actually put some brake fluid on this window and then you close the thing and you look at the sun and it tells you what the boiling point of the moisture is. So what's going on right now is is that there's a whole lot of upselling going on because we need to make money it, we at the industry, not Mark Salem, we the industry needs to right. make money to pay the overhead, pay the bills and so mm-hmm. forth and so on. And so, as a result, I don't
1: begrudge, I don't begrudge a, a business for that either.
2: Well, the upselling there in Mark Salem's world, the upselling, there's a definite line there. Right. You know, I think here, let me give you two of them. Um, hey, Glenn, um, you've got sixty thousand on your car and while it doesn't show, can I walk you back here to the shop? I'm going to take my finger and stick it in your power steering reservoir and I'm going to touch it on your chrome bumper, and then I'm going to take the same fluid, the same red fluid, and you can see right here it says power steering fluid. I'm going to take this brand new bottle and I'm going to put it on my finger and I'm going to touch next to it. Can you see the difference between those two fluids as light reflects through them? And you say, oh yeah, that's brown, that's dirty, that's got metal flakes in it. And you say, okay. All right. Well, then that makes a difference, doesn't it? Yes, it does. So those are the two things. Now, as opposed to having somebody who clearly doesn't know anything about cars say to you, "Glenn, you've got a power. You, your fluid is filthy, dirty. You need a power steering or a power steering flush. And your power steering flush, um, if we don't do it, then that that power steering fluid is going to ruin your pump and your rack and pinion, and that repair is going to be between twelve hundred and fifteen hundred dollars." See the difference?
1: Yeah. Well, hey, Mark, while I have you, I, I do have a, a problem to chase, if you might indulge me. Okay. Uh, I've got, like, what appears to be slack between the rear diff and the uh, transmission. I've got a two-piece drive shaft and it, the, the the slack in, in there uh, seems to be larger slack uh, in the heat, and in the winter, it's less slack. And, and I had a round and round with a tech over this, and he he acted like he had no idea what it is. I think there's something in in that that, uh, that pushing between the two piece drive shafts, and, and he couldn't verify. All he wanted to do was argue with me.
2: Okay, but I I know that you you got slack there, but I want to know what symptom it's creating.
1: It's it's like a, it's like a slack. Between letting off the brakes and touching the gas from a stop.
2: Okay. So it's it's from from it's from a, a, a no load situation to a load situation. Would that be more favorable? Back off the throttle, yeah. come back on the throttle, and there's is it a is a truck is it a car wide shutter or a car wide vibration in that transition from throttle up to to, to decel?
1: geez, you know, it's hard to describe. It's just a, like a one-time thought.
2: Okay. Um, it's is there it's any very grace?
1: singular. It's very singular. It's not, you know, anything shuddering or vibrating.
2: Okay. Well, if a two-piece drive shaft, you usually have a, a rubber bushing in right. the middle of the two. and, and you, Carrier it's pretty, bearing. Carrier bearing. Thank yeah. you very much for right. that. A carrier bearing. And so right. I, I would think that just looking at the carrier bearing would be all you'd need. Um, it, it is true that you're going to be able to crawl under a two-piece drive shaft, and you're going to be able to muscle that thing north and south and east and west. Yeah, but they, in the rubber? In the rubber, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not much, but they're going to still move. So mm-hmm. it, the, the the downside here is is if you replace the carrier bearing and it doesn't fix the problem, then, of course, you've wasted some money. M- m- more likely, I would think that you'd go and find a carrier bearing, and then you'd just say, well, would you pull that out of inventory and let me look at it? So he pulls that out of inventory, and you look at it, and you say, oh, mine doesn't look like this. Or the center of this bearing is perfectly in the center of the entire bearing, and mine sits down at 6 o'clock. So do you see what I'm saying? So I if, you, if you have a new one and you have the experience of seeing a 100,000, or not a 100,000, thousands of carrier bearings in your life, then you look at it and you go, yeah, that's it. But th- this is how that's supposed to work. That's supposed to work where you're having your oil changed, and then the tech comes out and says to you, come on back here, I want to ask you a question. And, you, and you're by your car, and he goes, have you got this, this, and this? When you throttle up, when you throttle down, and, da, 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 and you go, yes, I do. And he says, here, take a look, that's what's causing it. Well, that's because he knows. That's because he knows that the, the center of the carrier bearing should be centered in that clock face. And when it's sitting down at 6 o'clock, it's, it, it throws the entire driveshaft angle out of whack. Typically, what we see is when we do
1: carrier bearings, because we do a lot of lifted trucks, obviously. But carrier bearings, we, it's more than a one-time thing. It might be a vibration or a grinding. I would
2: error to the side of almost a U-joint on an individual clunk, and and you know you bring up a good point. Thank you very much for for bringing that up. He's right. You can't look at a U-joint. I don't care how good you are. Every gray-haired guy in the world, they may say they can look at a U-joint and pronounce it good or bad, but this gray-haired guy says there is no way to to pronounce a U-joint until you drop that drive shaft and you put it on your workbench and you grab a hold of the drive shaft and with your left hand you hold the the stationary and you go north and south and east and west because if you've got a bad U-joint, you'll feel that son of a gun and you'll know exactly where it's at. So mm-hmm. they look at the U joint and they go, "Oh no, they're fine." I just, I just want to die when my guys do that. If there's a U joint issue, if there's a vibration, like Alan said, our procedure is yank that drive. After all, what are we charging? Give me either a number or a tenth. What are we charging to drop a driveshaft? Yeah, shaft two, to two or, or e- three tenths, something okay. like that. So if we're at one hundred, let's say we're one hundred twenty dollars, um, and and three tenths, uh, that's thirty six bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thirty six bucks. So, you know, the other day we had one in here, and we were chasing a vibration,
1: and, and, and we had originally said, no, U-joints look good. We ended up breaking it down, and the U-joint was locked in one position. Was that the one Garrett did? No. Okay. No. All right. No. Um, <laughs> but it was literally, you could move it east, north,
2: and south, but you could not move it west, I mean, no matter okay. what you did. So that, that's the real issue. If you The carrier bearing is a visual thing, but the U-joints are quite another. How many miles are on this vehicle?
1: 100000 And what about the heat versus when it's cold? It doesn't do it in the cold, but in the heat, it's very pronounced.
2: That's a great question, but we're not going to chase that question because the answer to the question will be very obvious once you fix the problem. You see what I'm saying? So I do. The, if you have, let's pretend that you have a tire bulge. Let's say you have a tread separation. Then the question is, is why doesn't it do it cold? Well, maybe you parked it on the tread separation and you squeezed all the air out of it. <laughs> then, then after it gets hot, we start pumping air into it. Now we have a big blister, and there's your vibration. I'm not going to chase the symptom, okay. but I'm going to answer your question when I fix your car. Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you very much. All righty. 602-508-0960 960 Larry Harker's Auto's had been at 38th Avenue in Indian School since 1967. Bob at Larry Harker's Auto is one of the best diagnosticians I've ever seen. If you've got a car that nobody else can fix, if you've got a car that the three-whiskered kid at the auto parts store has guessed for thousands of dollars and you've paid for that, if you've got a car that you've tried every fix in the whole wide world on the internet and you still can't fix the problem, I'm going to tell you that 99% of the time, Bob will find that problem. He's just one of those guys that has the tenacity and everything else a technician needs. He has history. He has experience. He has tenacity. And more than anything else, he understands every aspect of a car. So he understands what causes vibrations and what doesn't, what causes surges and what doesn't. So if you have to drive to 38th Avenue in Indian School, so what? You're going to get probably one of the top three diagnosticians this city has to offer. That's Bob at Larry Harker's Auto, 38th Avenue and School. We'll be right back.
0: Mark Levin.
4: The Democrat Party today is the party of big government. It's not the party of anybody else. It's not the party of people, workers, union members. It's the party of government. The Democrat Party needs government as much as the government needs the Democrat Party. They feed off of each other and for the democrats they need the government to coerce
0: you mark levin weeknights at six right before larry elder at nine on intelligent talk 960 the patriot
3: now you have a friend at thunderbird automotive and his name is tom fletcher For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird,
5: just west of the 101. Homeowners, do you regret buying one of those so-called alternative water treatment systems? Were you duped by an infomercial? Were you told it would get rid of hard water deposits on fixtures, shower glass, and dishes? You found out the hard way. The claims are false. They don't work. I've got good news. You can get a trade-in credit for the brand that actually does work. Kinetico Quality Water. A system that's truly certified to eliminate hardness, scale, and scum. Kinetico has been around since 1970, and there's true science behind their patented technology. They have an A-plus BBB rating, zero complaints with the ROC, and are members of the Arizona's Water Quality Association. Plus, it removes chlorine and other chemicals, so you're not showering or drinking the chlorine that the city adds to the water for disinfection. Switch from a scam to something that really works. Visit KineticoAZ.com or call 602-904-5800 for a free phone quote and more information on their trade-in allowance. Maricopa Water is the exclusive, authorized, independent, Connecticut dealer for Phoenix and Tucson.
3: So, Justin, I was playing that video game, Forest Brigade, and it was pretty cool. I was running down this, like, digital path, and I met this digital frog. And he was all like... Then I went playing in this virtual stream where this water. It looked almost real. It was this whole electronic forest world. So what did you do? Well, my
4: parents took me to the forest, the real forest. Well, I was running down this, well, it was an actual path. Then I saw this real-life frog. It was all, like, ribbit, and I saw an owl, too. Then I played in this amazing stream with water around my ankles, like wet water. Then me and my sister and my parents sat around a campfire and told cool stories all night long.
3: Oh, that's uh, pretty cool, too.
5: This weekend, unplug,
1: getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family to find the forest nearest you go to discovertheforest.org brought to you by the u.s forest service
0: and the ad council patriot app tip number one not only is the patriot app great for streaming our live programs you can access all patriot podcasts click on the upper left hand corner and select podcasts to find all our great weekday and weekend programs download the patriot app at your app store today Looking for a radio station that cares about real news and not afraid to go beyond the headlines? There's only one station for you, 960 The Patriot and 960thepatriot.com. Raised up from under my hood and he shook his head and said, This ain't good. The belt welcome strong. back, everybody. Small.
2: My name is Mark Salem, and Alan's sitting here with me. And uh, we're talking about cars and car repair problems, and you're more than welcome to join us if you want. All you have to do is give us a call, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. And we'll take your calls as quickly as we can. To do that, just exactly now, we're going to talk to Don. Don, good morning to you. How can we help you?
1: Hi. Hi. Hey, I'm on my way to California and I got in the trunk to check the spare and the spare was all, um, blown up. So I have a car in the backyard and I took, it, took the spare out of it. Is the, um, is the what? wheel can, well, it's a, the wheel that is in the Buick is a 16. And the wheel out of the pontiac is a 15 but the bolt pattern's is the same
2: right you know i don't have any idea you have to it's a, if it's a five hole then you go diagonally across two holes and that's the measurement that both wheels should matter then the center hole should be pretty doggone close to the same now when you drive to california are you driving a front wheel drive car rear wheel drive car or what
1: well, it's my Buick. It's front-wheel drive, just
2: like your Reynolds out front. Okay. So you're going to have to put – if you have a front tire flat, you're going to have to do two switches. You're going to have to take a rear off and put it on the front, and that spare can only go on the back. Yeah. Okay?
1: Yeah, because it's, it's independent all the way around. So.
2: Okay, yeah, but your drive axles, we need the two front tires to have the same circumference. Right. So that's the reason. But that's a good question. Thank you very much, Don. Thank you for calling. All right, we have a spare problem, and I'll write that down. Okay, I I want to tell you real quick uh, about um, Automatic Transmission Exchange. Automatic Transmission Exchange is a good place in Phoenix. He's been rebuilding transmissions for a very, very long time, perhaps hundreds of years. I think Phil actually um, probably knew some of the guys that make cars at the very beginning of all of our lives. Uh, Phil's been around since 1968, and if you drive up and down 40th Street in Washington, you can actually see you can actually see that uh, Phil has been there a very long time. He's a transmission expert, he's a transmission diagnostics expert, and he can fix transmissions problems and he can overhaul them. But like he'll tell you and many of the other guys, they'll tell you that transmission overhauls are not the norm. Fixing them is. So there's lots of times, it's just like your car, we don't have to replace the engine every time we work on your car. In reality, all we have to really do is just simply find the problem and fix the problem. So that's what it's all about when it comes to repair, and Automatic Transmission Exchange is a good place to do that. Let's go to the phones and let's talk to Roy. Roy, can we help you? How can we help you?
6: Yeah, I have a 1999 Ford Explorer. I installed a new temperature sensor because I was doing other work in the area and the car has like 300,000 miles on it. So I thought, well, might as well put a new one in because I have everything apart. I bought a Ford part right from Ford, installed it, but I wrapped it with some Teflon tape because I I was thinking I need to seal this thing so it doesn't leak. I installed it and the sensor doesn't work. Would that cause it not to operate since I wrapped the threads with Teflon tape?
2: No. No, let let me ask you a question. What do you expect this to? What's it not doing? Is it not working the gauge?
6: Correct. Yes. Okay. All right. Not working the gauge.
2: All right. Um, How many wires did this sensor have on it?
6: It only had two.
2: Okay. Um, More than likely, you didn't replace the coolant sensor because the coolant sensor normally has one wire on it. Now, see, you have three different sensors that can screw into a cooling jacket. You can have a three-wire sensor that's the coolant sensor that talks to the computer. It does nothing else but talk to the computer and it does not talk to the gauge. You can have another sensor that simply turns the electric cooling fans on and off, and that's also in a cooling jacket. And then you can have the third sensor which actually talks to the gauge. So if you want to find out if the gauge is working, this is what you do. You start the car up and you take the wire off the sensor you just installed. You put your wife inside the car, and you say, watch the gauge. She gets inside and watches the gauge, and you take the metal part of that wire, and you touch ground, and you count to two. So you touch it, one, two, let go. If she says the needle just swung from hot to cold, or cold to hot, otherwise it did a range sweep, then Mark Salem's wrong. But if that gauge doesn't work with the motor running, or the key on and the motor off. If that gauge doesn't work when you ground that wire, then what you thought was a temperature switch is not a temperature switch. Okay. All right, and to answer your question bluntly, Teflon, when you screw those threads in, the Teflon's going to lubricate that joint as you go in, and it'll do some sealing, but I promise you that sensor is grounded because there's no way that little teflon that's a thousandth of an inch thick is going to prevent those threads from for those brass threads from touching the aluminum manifold There's just no way
6: should I have applied some kind of a teflon around it when I put it in or it wasn't needed
2: it it you know you can do three things you can use nothing now a lot of guys don't like the idea that the, the threads on your a sensor probably are brass and you're screwing it into an aluminum intake the dissimilar metals causes problems so a lot of guys will use teflon so a lot of guys will use thread sealer that's in a bottle with a paint yeah, brush a on paint the end brush. of it yeah And so those are the things, those are the options that you actually have. But I don't find fault with what you do. At the ranch, I use the Teflon tape all the time because um, it's so cold that when you have the bottle with the paintbrush in it, sometimes you can't even get the paintbrush out of the bottle (laughs) because it's so cold. So I like the tape. All right?
6: Uh, Can I give you one more quick question or not? Sure. Go right Um, ahead. I have a Honda Civic. My son rear-ended a pickup truck. And... I had to put new radiator stuff in it. But the airbag light is now on. I took it to Honda. They said I need a new SRS. It was around a $950 repair. Um, they said I need a new new SRS module. I can get one for $135, and the seatbelt now it's locked up. I believe, can I put the new SRS in? And then take it back to Honda, have them program it, and then the seat belts start to work again.
2: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, the answer is no. Uh, what's happened in this in this crash is that when your son had this frontal crash, the crash was not significant enough to pop the airbag in his face, but it did ignite a, an explosive device in the in the. A fishing pole. What are they, what's that thing I call on the, the reel? The reel. There's a reel inside the seatbelt, and it's, this guy has an explosive device in it. So when he hit that in the front, the computer saw it and it said, oh, I don't think I need the airbag, but I am going to suck his butt back in the seat. <laughs> and so it exploded and sucked his, him back in. So now the seatbelt's locked. Well, the SRS sees that. The system restraint module sees that. You can put that $900 module in there all you want. It isn't, it's going to see the same thing. It's saying to you, one of the systems in your system restraints, one of your airbags, passenger, driver, or overhead, or side, or A-pillar, B-pillar, there's one of the airbags that are deployed. But in your case, that seatbelt's telling the SRS, I'm done, buddy. I ain't never going to go work again. So the only thing would be... Replacing that. We got a break, but yeah. replacing that? That's exactly right. Stay there. When we come back, we're going to continue to talk about that. I'm Mark Salem. We'll be right back.
5: in this economy, some career positions are disappearing, new ones are emerging, and the rest are changing forever. For example, the media
3: account executive of the past could focus on selling one platform. But today, they must coordinate traditional media with social media, terrestrial with digital, on-air with online.
5: Here at Salem Media Group, we're looking for this new generation of account executives, multimedia marketing consultants people who can use all of salem's media platforms
3: like our digital social media and live events as opportunities to help our advertisers reach their customers wherever they are
5: if you're ready to boost your sales career and be a part of the future of multi-platform media go to 960 thepatriotcom click on the patriot info tab and click on jobs to send your resume
3: salem offers an aggressive compensation package health insurance and 401k
5: salem media group is a great place to grow your career in media sales
3: Learn more at 960thepatriot.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer.
1: Take an ordinary putty knife and scrape off the old wax ring. Place the new wax ring over the flange, then line up the bolts with the bowl and gently set in place, making sure a proper seal is created with the flange and drain. Next... Um, Dad? Uh, yeah, sweetie?
4: Is that a little plumbing manual?
1: Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
5: This is Louisa. Recently, she got help going online.
6: Okay, so hit that green button.
5: This is her first video chat.
4: Oh, Louisa! Oh, Oh, my gosh. There
0: she is.
5: And the first time she's seen her niece in five years. How good to see you. (laughs) See what the internet can help you do at everyoneon.org or call 1-855-387-9166 to find a free training class near you. Oh, I've missed you. Brought to you by Connect to Compete and the Ad Council. Patriot
0: app tip number two. Set the Patriot as an alarm clock. Open the app, click in the upper right-hand corner, and select Alarm Clock. It's that easy. And now you'll wake up to the Patriot. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Got an iPhone, Blackberry, or smartphone? Download the Patriot app for your phone. Just go to your app store or log on to 960thepatriot.com today. All
2: about that demon, the Thank everybody, we got uh, 34 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, uh, out of the, uh, past the hour of 11 o'clock, I should say. And uh, we've got our headphones up all the way. and. We're going to see if we can work this out. Let's finish up with Roy. Roy, are you there?
3: Yes, I'm
6: here.
2: Okay. Roy, I th- I think Alan had a good point. Are you certain when they gave you that estimate that it was the SRS module they were
1: talking about?
6: Yes, that's what they, it shows it on the, uh, the description. It's the, the module that has to be, they said it has to be replaced because it's got um, data saying that's you know, something went off. So um, I've looked, and they said you on the on the internet,
2: YouTube that there's places that can reprogram them. But uh, no, that he, here's what we're thinking. We're thinking that nine hundred dollars is not only the 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 airbag module is what it's called, or the or the SDM system data uh, management model, or something like that. We're thinking that that might be it with the airbag because the nine hundred sounds too much
0: with, with so, the seatbelt.
2: Yeah. But we I think
6: clarified that, them. I said, are you going to replace the airbag itself? And they said, no, we just, it's the module. Okay. Roy, but the, the difference
2: is, is you didn't ask the right question. Did the airbag deploy?
6: No, no airbag deployed. Okay. Before.
2: So if there's no airbag deployment, then there is no airbag to replace. I suspect, and you need to ask them, I think that that $900 might be... The seat belt, the seat belt um, retractor unit, I, or I know it's called a retractor unit, but there's a technical word yeah, yeah, that yeah. just escapes me. But the the seat belt retractor and the SDM module and this and the uh, airbag module, they call it an airbag module. We'll do that just for ease sake. So I think you need to go back and ask them. Does that include the retractor and the module? And the labor to replace both of them. The retractor is a whole lot more than the module. The module is going to be underneath the seat or underneath the console. It's two bolts and an electrical connection. And sometimes you got to take one of the seats out to get it. But if it's underneath the driver's seat, you're going to take the driver's seat out anyway because you have to replace the retractor. And the retractor is in what we call the B pillar on that car, or it's or it's down left to the seat. So I think it's it's I think you should clarify the estimate, and then I think you should call around. And just bid. Now, I need something else. This is a 99 Explorer. The problem with the 99 Explorer is, is that I don't know if that airbag can see more than one deployment. Oh, Some of don't. the newer model airbags. Say that again.
6: This is, uh, this is my Civic. The 2008 Civic is what the, the airbag problem is
2: on. He had, two, he had two questions. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I don't know on your Civic if your, if your airbag module can see two itch issues. Normally, they can. Normally, they can do two deployments um, or two, hey, we got a problem kind of situations. In your Civic issue, there's no question that the, that the collision on the Civic wasn't of substantial nature or it would have thrown the airbag in front of your son's face. The, the issue is, is what does the $900 represent? Another thing you can do is you can go to a body shop and talk to them about it because they're well-versed in replacing the retractor, and they're well-versed well in knowing whether or not you need to replace the module. If I were you, I'd replace the retractor first. I'd clear all the codes. I'd disconnect the two battery cables. I'd touch the two battery cables together to discharge the capacitors, and then I'd drive the car. I'd put it all back together and drive it if you don't have an SRS light and everything is fine that means that module's capable of, of having of seeing two or more accidents but keep in mind your car is you know 15 16, 16 years old I no think... this is the 08 so it's 8 years old <sighs> okay all Sorry. right I, I missed the 08 so anyway i would if i were you i just do the retractor i wouldn't do the module and you're only going to be able to buy that from honda yep all right, good luck to you, buddy. Thank you. All right, this portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Thompson's Auto Repair in Mesa. I only have one shop in Mesa that I can refer you to, and Thompson's has been around since 1970. They really do a good job. Um, they're located on Main Street just east of Stapley, so they're somewhat centrally located in the Mesa area. They have ASC certified technicians, and like I've said before a hundred times, you only need to meet Brian or his wife, Thelma, to know that you're going to be treated fairly and honestly, all you have to do is shake their hands and look at them. And within just a few sec- warm, fuzzy seconds, you're going to know that they're not going to rip you off and that they're good people. So that's Brian and Thelma at Thompson's Auto Repair on the main street just east of Stapley. Um, did we already do Bob? No. Bob, Bob, go right ahead. How can we help you? Okay.
1: Mark. Uh, yeah. uh, my buddy, has got a 98 Chevy uh, Z71 four-wheel drive, half ton pickup. And what he's doing is, when he said when he's going in reverse, it's automatic. So when he goes into reverse and it's turning it,
6: it almost feels like it goes into four-wheel low. And he's in two-wheel high.
2: Okay, what you're saying is, is it's hopping on a really tight turn.
6: Well, it just feels, I mean, it, he said
1: it lugs way down. When he, And he said sometimes when it goes in reverse, but definitely
2: when he's going in reverse and turning okay well we got the biggest problem we got is your buddy's talking through you to me yeah. so that's the biggest problem we got <laughs> well what you're saying it, it, let's take this by two there shouldn't be any difference between drive and reverse if the transmission's working properly mm-hmm. it's entirely possible that this truck is in four-wheel drive because if you put it in four-wheel high or low the car is gonna go around a corner, a tight corner, and it's gonna go rumpity, 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 because the inside tires wanna make the same arc as the outside tires and the outside arc is eight feet and the inside is three feet. So it's going to do that. So he needs to demonstrate his problem to a transmission shop and they can determine whether it's an issue on the transmission or whether it's an issue that the vehicle is stuck in four-wheel drive, or it's all-wheel drive, or maybe it's stuck in high and he doesn't even know it, four-wheel high. So there's all that dynamics going on, so I can't answer the question, but I can tell you that most transmission shops will drive it for free. Do you know what part of town he's in?
6: Uh, I know he usually goes to the Adolf.
2: Okay, just have him go to Adolph's. Most everybody drives it, and and, and will comment for free. We had a lady bring her in the other day, and she said it was hopping around corners, and we found out that the solenoid that's supposed to go to disconnect the transfer case out of four-wheel drive had gone bad. So we replaced the solenoid. Now it's in two-wheel drive. The hopping's gone, and everything's fine. But she did a great job in showing us what the problem was. Okay. So, All right, just have him go to Adolph's and and, and ask him him to test drive it with him and, and have him prepare to show him. All right, the phone lines are wide open, 602-508-0960. If you'd like to join us, you can. We've got 20 minutes left on the show, and that'll give us about three callers. So 602-508-0960. We'll be right back.
3: Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Automotive was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. 2004 they won that award check them out at the bbb online directory they're proud of their a rating thunderbird automotive has ase certified technicians they can fix anything with a steering wheel thunderbird automotive offers a free courser inspection on every vehicle the same one that some charge 49 dollars for they now offer a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have to stop in to Thunderbird Automotive at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird, just west of the 101. For more information, visit them online at thunderbirdautomotive.com. That's thunderbirdautomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird, just west of the 101.
5: America was built by people with a few dollars and a dream. But even today, there's still one path to success that only requires a dream and about $10. Because if your dream is to start or grow your business, something as simple as the right business card could make all the difference. Right now at Vistaprint, you can get 500 customized, high-quality business cards for only $9.99. That's $9.99, and your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. Just go to Vistaprint.com. Use promo code 4000 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com. Promo code 4000.
0: Ready for a next-generation education? Earn your degree online at Grand Canyon University. GCU offers the most experienced leadership in delivering degree programs online. Choose from more than 100 bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees across eight colleges in high-demand employment areas. Join our innovative digital classroom, connect with full-time faculty, and enjoy complete access to our vibrant Phoenix campus community. Grand Canyon University private Christian affordable visit gcu.edu slash online you're never too old too wacky too wild to pick up a book and read with a child this is Andrew Morrill president of the Arizona Education Association reading to your child now can spark a lifetime of reading and learning parents we know you're tired at the end of a long day but by taking just a few minutes to read with your child you'll be setting them on a path towards reading and learning on their own. And studies show students who read, and are read too, do better in school and in life. So have books that interest your child around your home. If your child enjoys sports, have books about sports. If your child enjoys ballet, have books about dancing. With parents and teachers working together, every child in Arizona can learn to read. And reading may be the most important thing they'll ever learn. A message from the Arizona Education Association. Patriot app tip number four. Want your voice heard? Email or leave a voice message straight from your Patriot app. Just open it up, click the upper left-hand corner, and select email or talk back. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Patriot app tip number one. Not only is the Patriot app great for streaming our live programs, you can access all Patriot podcasts. Click on the upper left hand corner and select podcasts to find all our great weekday and weekend programs. Download the Patriot app at your App Store today.
2: Welcome back, everybody.
0: My name is Mark Salem. Sitting next
2: to me here is Alan Salem, and we're here at your service. Uh, 602-508-0960, if you have a car question, the lines are wide open. Let me tell you real quick um, about uh, a really good shop in town, and that's Kurt's Auto Repair. He's up on I-17 and Bell on the northeast corner. Kurt has pulled a rabbit out of his hat more than once for someone who I sent there personally. Uh, I sent him uh, folks because they need diagnostic, and uh, I remember my relationship with Kurt actually got started when I had a lady Call me, and she had two different diagnoses for a bad engine, and she was being faced, or she had been faced with estimates from four thousand to eight thousand dollars, but the car was still running, and there was no clatter. So what bothered me was is that we didn't have any clatter, which is a, you know, a sign of low oil, uh, low oil pressure, or low oil lubricity, or or a bad motor, and uh, and all she really had was a gauge, an oil pressure gauge that uh, was reading low. So I sent her to Kurtz, and I think Kurtz fixed this truck for under $100. He replaced the oil pressure switch, which controls what the gauge says. And as far as I know, that truck is still on the road. So that's the worst of our industry, is the guys that uh, try to sell a lady a motor when, really, an oil pressure switch, a little bit of labor, and the diagnostic time would normally fix it. And that's the reason why, if you live up near Bell and I-17, the Kurtz should be on your list of good car repair shops. Speaking of repair uh, sh- stuff and stuff like that, let me ask you a question. Okay. The temperature gauge on most cars and trucks, let's say from the last 20 years, where should they run in relationship to the gauge? So quarter, half, three-quarter, should they run between, you know, cold and the quarters? Should... I would say like straight up half. Straight up half. The answer in the computerized cars since 1995 is from the half to the three-quarter mark. Okay, we get a lot of folks who want us to address an issue because they get the gauge in the middle of the summertime up to three quarter. The difference is, and the reason why I'm, I'm going twenty years, which takes us back to nineteen ninety five. If you want to go back to the sixties and the seventies and the eighties and half the nineties, the answer is half. But we used to have what was the thermostat we used to have in those in those old cars? One eighty five. Yeah, one eighty, 180, one eighty five. Right, one eighty, I think. So now we have a thermostat that's 210. And, and actually, the, the thermostat at 210 actually makes the engine run at that number. Right. Uh, the, the real reason is this. At 180 degree engine temperature, so the thermostat's going to control the, the temperature and make it run at 180 degrees, then we're not going to boil the water out because and here, this is going to test your ability to pass high school science. When does water boil? 212. Okay. So with 212 degrees, we need to w- boil the water out of the engine. We're never going to get there if the engine is running at 180, 185. Right. Make sense? Mm-hmm. All right. Oil and water equals sludge. So all the old engines that we used to take apart at 60, 70,000 miles to, to do a valve job were always filled with this thick black jello of sludge. So part of the headwork was is to wash all that stuff out of there, but you can only get that sludge out of the top part of the engine because in reality you weren't accessing the bottom part of the engine. So when we went to a computerized car they recognized that the car ran better and lasted longer if we ran the temperature up to 220. So as a result of 220, we're well over the 212 degrees. So when, every time we shut the car off, we create a tablespoon of water as the car cools off and the air goes from hot to cold, it creates a tablespoon of water. Well, when you drive the car and we get the temperature over two twelve, we boil that oil or that water out of the oil, and we send it out the tailpipe right so the whole idea is is that on newer model cars we want that gauge between half and three quarters. I've had the old timers the old guys they'll say to me, and they'll brag my car my my two thousand two Chevrolet or Ford's never gone over a quarter well. I can tell you right now it doesn't have a thermostat in it because if it's never gone over a quarter then it's never really reached operating temperature. That would mean that the trans- or the uh, computer would see that and would set a code for the coolant sensor because it doesn't know if the coolant sensor is lying to it or not. Right. So it keeps saying 180 degrees, 160 degrees, 180 degrees, 160 degrees and it says this motor never warms up, I wonder if the coolant sensor is lying to me so it turns on the check engine light and guess what code it's got. You right. Coolant sensor. Coolant sensor. Yeah, too low. It's saying I think or it could also turn on the fan. And so it could also turn on a relay that's related to the fan. And so the relay and the fan have something to do with it as well. Right. So it can say, Well, wait a minute, maybe the fans are running all the time, which causes it to run real cold. So it might set a code for the fans. So I check the fans because if they're running all the time, they shouldn't be running all the time. And actually, the fans will cycle. The electric cooling fans in most cars will come on at about 245, 250, and shut off at 215, which means that 220 is kind of in the middle of those two numbers. Make sense? Mm-hmm. All right. Let me... Chris, good morning to you. How can we help you this morning?
4: Morning, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. I have a great question on that topic of temperatures. Okay. Uh, here's a car, 2012 Ford Edge. It's got a 2-liter EcoBoost in it, so it's got the turbo, 4-cylinder. Okay. Driving down I-60, uh, temperature gauge goes from half to 3 quarters, hovers at 3 quarters, but only when I come up to a small hill. So, the, see, see, I'm going, go, going over the, the hill at Country Club. It's a small hill. Okay. It, it downshifts one gear. We make it to the top of the hill. It shifts back to overdrive. Car, uh, temperature goes from half to three quarters, and then count from count to ten. It ticks back down to half. Okay. So the the next hill we come up to does the same thing. Now that's fine. Goes to three quarters and and, and comes back to half. That's fine. I never get a, a notice from the car saying there's a problem. But when my wife takes it up to globe doesn't make it to superior, cars got her on the side of the road.
2: Okay, so where where is the gauge when the car's on the side of the road?
4: Uh, in the red.
2: Okay. And around town, you don't have any problems, but when she gets out on the highway, she does.
4: Correct. And there's no problem except after either it's down, either it's upshifted on a slight incline or under hard acceleration.
2: Okay, but but that's your idea. I'm going to change your focus. It okay. seems to me that long highway speeds and a little bit of highway and a little bit of city is the difference. Yes or no?
4: Um, no.
2: Okay. Forget the hills. Forget your, your – it goes from half to three-quarter. Forget all of that. Okay. For you around the city – a little bit of highway and a little bit of city. You're not experiencing the problem that she is when she goes from Apache Junction to Globe.
4: Correct. I'm not having any issues. Okay. Around around town.
2: Okay. So the the two difference here is is she has sustained speeds, highway speeds. So she, I don't know what speed limit is, but she's probably doing 65 between you know the 60 outside of Apache Junction all the way to Globe, and well, she's, she's going she's got through some hills. Okay. All right. Maybe so a little
4: faster.
2: <laughs> we'll, we'll put we'll put her at seventy then. So she's okay. dealing with that, and and the difference is is that how many miles are on the car?
4: Uh, seventy thousand.
2: Okay. The difference is this: around town, the water kind of goes lazily through the radiator, so the water kind of goes in, drops off its heat, and goes out. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So when you're driving around and your average speed is forty the water's going in and out no problem but when you double that and go to 70 almost 70 then all of a sudden the water's going through the radiator so fast it doesn't have time to drop its heat off and that's because the rpms of the engine are high and that's because she's climbing some hills and that's because it's more than likely than not that the radiator on this thing's plugged a plugged up radiator will show its ugly head on sustained highway speeds so you always ask the customer Does this thing get hotter the longer you go? If you wanted to test this, use it the next time you go to Tucson because it's a pretty flat road. If you drive down to Tucson and this car gets hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter, and let's say you're doing 75 or 80, then you back off to 65 or 60, and you see it after a couple miles it starts cooling off, then there's no question the radiator is the problem. Now, you also have an electric cooling fans on that edge and you may have one or you may have two. Yeah, um, there's two. Okay. During the time that that's after three-quarter, both those fans should be running. Now, they may have wired one of them into the air conditioning system where it only comes on with the airs on, but the other one should be on. Do you ever hear the fans come on and off as you drive this?
4: Yes, and I've, I've actually pulled over to check that, and and they are all, are always both working.
2: Okay. Now, sometimes the fan has a dial in first, second, and third gear in it too. It's got low, medium, and high. So there's times that we have to go in there and verify the operation of low, medium, and high. And most of the time, we can plug a scanner in and we can ask, ask the fans to activate for us, okay. so we can actually force them to happen. But I, I, I'm a little bothered by the fact that it's a 12 and it's only got 40,000 miles for it 70. to have. Huh? 70. 70,000 miles. Yep. It has a plugged-up radiator. But I'm I'm still saying that the symptoms, especially she gets into the red zone. Now, is it an automatic or standard? Automatic. Okay. Why don't you have her try this? The next time she goes to Globe, have her pull it out of overdrive. Okay. Take the shifter and pull it out of overdrive, and I think that next gear down is like three.
4: You, you know what? Actually, there is no... Because on the selector, it goes park reverse, neutral, drive and low. Those are the only choices.
2: Okay, but doesn't she have overdrive and then drive and then low?
4: There no. Okay. Drive and low and that's it and there's a downhill assist button now. Yeah. Which I believe is only for going downhill. Yeah,
2: no, that that's right. That's right. Um There's well, I, no manual shift buttons on it at all? No. On the shifter, on the there's no shifter button that uh, turns, p- pushes a button, and the overdrive light comes on, and says you just turned off the overdrive. No. Okay. Well, I, I was hoping to raise the RPMs up a little bit. I was hoping to take her out of fifth gear and put her in fourth gear, which would raise the RPMs up a little bit, and I was hoping that that would make a difference.
4: Yeah, and you, and you see when when because that when I'm on the sixty and and it and it goes from half to three quarters. It, it, it shifts from uh, whatever the, the overdrive is to the next gear. The RPMs come up to about 3,000, and for that 10 seconds of making it over that hill before it shifts back to overdrive is when it climbs from half to three quarters. And then once it shifts back down to around 2,000 RPM, and like I say, about about 70 miles an hour, and it it goes
2: back down to half. Okay. We're not going to fix your car based on what you just described. Um, we're going to really work on her going to Globe and it being red. Because what you're giving us is very confusing. And, okay. and there's too many variables you're giving us. I'm climbing a hill or no I'm not. I'm in overdrive or no I'm not. Um, I'm in, in, in city driving and she's in highway driving. So there's too many variables there that create a real fuzzy picture. So the the real question is is to give your wife a temperature gun and, and next time she's driving it and, it and it gets well over to the, the three-quarter mark to have her get out of the car and, and shoot the upper hose and the lower hose and tell us what they are. If the upper hose on this thing is, you know, 240 or 50 or 60 degrees and the lower hose is three thirty degrees less than the radiator's plugged and she just did her own diagnosis and saved herself $100. So, I mean, that's how you work with your shop, and and that's how it's supposed to work. If you want to continue this conversation, Mark at SalemBoysAuto.com, Mark at SalemBoysAuto.com. Any of the rest of you, if you have a car question or a car problem, um, I pretty much do email uh, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. If you'll leave me your phone number, I'd really rather call you than spend the rest of my life typing and answer to your message. So, again, Mark at MarkSalem.com. Please drive safely. Please wear your seatbelt, and if somebody does something nice for you on the road, then it's okay to roll your window down and say thank you with uh, a good wave. We'll see you next Saturday.